Hello, and welcome to Coffee Talk with Crystal. I am Crystal Grafton Combs, host of this podcast and international president of Alpha Omicron Pi Fraternity. Originally started in 2019, Coffee Talk is a personal project designed to connect with the women of Alpha Omicron Pi and our greater community of sisters and friends. Here, we will talk about life, leadership, sisterhood, and so much more. So thank you for listening, and now let's get to the next episode. Mary Ellen Sassine, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you so much, Crystal. This is the first of a series that will lead us through the fall of 2022 as we close out the celebration of our 125th anniversary in AOPI, and we will chat with sisters throughout this series who have given to the Archives campaign for the new Archives Museum that will be located at our international headquarters. But before we get to that, Mary Ellen, you've been on the podcast before, but we were using a different format to introduce the members of our leadership team on our professional staff team at international headquarters. So I would love to start today with your AOPI story. Okay, well, I would say it feels like AOPI has been a part of my entire life story. Um, I was really involved as a collegian, and then after I graduated, I jumped right into alumni chapter um, involvement and then volunteer involvement for several years. And back in 1995, I I came on staff as the editor of Toe Drogman and have had many roles since my uh, start on staff. And then even my daughter pledged AOPI. So AOPI is an everyday part of my life, um, sometimes even all day, every day part. (laughs) Um, But I love it, and I appreciate everything that I've gained from all these years of being a member of this wonderful fraternity. So Mary Ellen, when you talk about your AOPI story and where it began, it was at our Alpha Delta chapter at the University of Alabama. Mm -hmm. Did you know from the beginning that you wanted to be an AOPI? Okay, great question. My, they called them Avante counselors back then, but my counselor that I met during orientation was an AOPI and I just fell in love with her. So I knew it was a strong selection, but I went into recruitment naive and not knowing much about any sorority. So yeah, I, AOPI was one of my favorites, but I wouldn't say that I, I knew enough about sorority life to have one single favorite. Well then tell me of that collegiate experience. We know you pledged AOPI. We know you were initiated. Mm -hmm. And of course you have been on staff as a member of our professional staff team now for how many years? 28, I think. 28 years. That's something like that. So we know that you're an AOPI. Tell me what was a highlight of your collegiate experience? Oh gosh. Well, I loved everything about um, my time at the University of Alabama. So um, AOPI was certainly a huge part of all of that. Um, I was fortunate enough to be a chapter president of AOPI and Um, I would say that was really life-changing for me. 
um, we worked hard, made great strides as a chapter, and I met so many wonderful people. And our house, the old pie house then and the new one now, sits literally in the shadow of Bryant-Denny Stadium. <laughs> um, and there is absolutely nothing like game day in Tuscaloosa. Um, so even Aopi feels into that experience, you know, right there in the heart of it all, and just making every moment of those four great years even better. That's amazing. And I have been to that location, <laughs> and you are right. It is literally in the shadows of your stadium. Yeah. So tell me about your alumni experience, because... You just mentioned that your daughter is now an AOPI. That had to be among the highlights, of course. Tell yes. me what some of them have been. I think highlights would always be the conventions. And I attended conventions in different roles, whether I was the volunteer and attending or whether I was the staff member and helping, you know, do the, do the work of putting it on. Almost every one of our conventions has been a highlight, I would say. Two that jump out significantly would be uh, 97 in New York City, our centennial, and 99 at Disney World, the one that <laughs> followed right up with that. Both of those have a bit of my heart. But, you know, staff work so hard to prepare and execute these conventions, but in the end, gosh, they're so rewarding. And so whether I'm attending as the volunteer or whether I'm helping make sure that the business sessions go smoothly or whatever, it's my job, but it's just really all of them have been wonderful alumni experiences for me. I love everything about that. Conventions are also among my favorite memories mm -hmm. ever. So yes to all of the things. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the here and now. Mary Ellen, you are a driving force. And I would not hesitate to say one of the reasons that we have been successful in the planning and development of the Archives Museum that will be launched next fall, in the fall of 2023, not too terribly long after convention. Mm -hmm. What inspired the idea of this being sort of the keystone celebration of our 125th anniversary? Well, honestly, I think the first discussions go back nearly three years ago. Um, <laughs> hard to believe, really hard to believe. But Allison Algar, our international historian, and of course, past international president, was in um, town. She was making an annual um, archives visit, and we were going through the planning of what we needed to do. and. Um, she said, you know, this museum needs updating. And she's right, it was outdated. Our exhibit space needed to be refreshed and cleaned up. And so we just started talking about how we wish that it was possible to do more than just refresh it, but to replace it. Because back when the museum was built, some of the exhibits were not state of the art at what properly preserves items. We have glass cases that are actually dangerous to access because you needed to use suction cups to move these 60, 70 pound plate glass um, glass out of the cases. And so one thing led to another and we started sort of brainstorming this grand wish list of changes. And then we got to talking about what a great project this project this might be for our 125th anniversary which at the time we had time to plan for 
And then we got people like you and others involved in getting excited about it. And all the pieces just started falling into place from there. So that's kind of how I got started. And for anyone who has talked to me since the public launch of this, everyone knows how excited that I am about it <laughs> because I love our archives. Like I love looking and seeing these glass panes that come off. I happened to be, you may not remember this story, Mary Ellen, but they were off. They were being cleaned. Everything was being cleaned one weekend when we were having a meeting and I had just been elected international president and it was open. So I got to see so up close. And then of course I started touching things and picked up one of the founder's rings and you walked around the corner and you were like, well, hello there. What might you be doing? And I'm like, Nothing. <laughs> I'm not touching anything. I promise. <laughs> but it is amazing. And we have so much of it. Tell me as the team lead, and you really are, you and Allison, for those who may not be aware, Allison has been the capital campaign chair for this Archives Museum, and you all have worked so closely. I mean, every word that will be written in the museum, every piece that will be on display. Tell me, as the team lead for this, what has been the most challenging part of the project? Mm. Good question. Honestly, I'm going to say COVID-19. Um, the pandemic was definitely a setback for us. We were moving ahead and then really just got sidetracked because priorities needed to be adjusted for a while. And that's great. So you have these ideas and plans and you put them on hold while a lot of the work was still moving forward, but some of it was put on hold. So that was, I, I think that's been a challenge. And, you know, I tell you, another challenge has been trying to figure out the best way to capture and present in the best way possible our assets. I mean, you can look at other museums and other, for either NPC groups or other organizations and say, oh, that's the coolest thing ever. I would love to be able to do that. But if you don't have those assets, you can't do it. So it's basically taking what we have and bringing them to light in the very best way possible. And so that's that's been an equal challenge, I would say, for us. Tell me what's been the most rewarding part of it. Oh, that I think that's easy. I think it's been watching others be excited about the plans and get excited about um, all the things that are coming. I mean, like even with you, you've um, you've always been so enthusiastic about everything and learning about what we're doing. And when we've been showing the pictures to watch their their eyes pop at, oh, oh, this this is maybe a bigger deal than I thought. So what do you think will be your favorite part <laughs> of this museum? I, I think that question is like asking a parent to say which child they like best. <laughs> I love every area because my hands have been in everything, right? So, I mean, how can I not say the Todrogma exhibit or the Alpha O studio or the Pip dress exhibit, right? But if you're going to ask me to pick one area, I'm actually going to pick the college loyalty wall because I hope the first impression when you walk in the back doors of headquarters and you look to the right is as impactful as we hope for it to be. A collegian who thinks that their AOPI world exists only within the walls of their chapter is going to be in for a shock when they see the magnitude of just exactly how big AOPI is and has been. 
we talk a lot about our chapters, but it's rewarding to see those universities in which we are installed get a big salute. And that's that's an area that I'm really looking forward to coming live. That's going to be really exciting. So obviously, Mary Ellen, it takes money to do all of these things. And it is very important for me and every person that has been a part of fundraising to know that our collegiate women have not funded this project. Like not one penny of dues or fees or anything else has gone toward this. It has been completely Mm -hmm. funded by gifts and donations from our alumni members and sponsors. So that being said, what would you say to those who are thinking about this project that would inspire them to give? I guess I would say, if not now, then when? We're 125 years old, and honestly, our artifacts are in desperate need of preservation. Um, We're not gonna have these things forever if we don't take proper care of them. I also think AOPI needs a place where we can set down real roots, be able to tell our stories and teach teach our members, whether those are members today or members in the future, all about our wonderful history. In learning about our history, we all know that our founders love to share the history through storytelling. That's really what we're doing in our museum. I mean, that's what our museum designers have complimented us on, that we have really nailed it on storytelling and presenting who we are in that way. Thankfully, we've had tremendous support from several major donors who we're so grateful for. So, so grateful. And I would just love to see other members support the project at any level gift that they could afford. Um, And of course, they can do this by visiting the AOPI Foundation page on our website. Absolutely. So Mary Ellen, you just mentioned this, but through this museum, we are preserving our beautiful history while also Mm -hmm. preparing for the future. What is one piece of advice that you would offer young AOPIs who are just beginning their AOPI experience? Okay, on that question, I think I'll uh, refer back to the comments I usually make to a PNM when they reach out to ask me to write a myth. My pat advice to them is if they want to have the best sorority experience possible, they have to get involved. You get so much more out of the AOPI experience than you put in, but it has to start with you. So get involved. That's the piece of advice that I would offer. Each person is part of this history that we're preserving. So get involved. Absolutely. And isn't it true that it applies at every stage of life? So it's true. Now, Mary Ellen, our (laughs) listeners do actually reach out to me and share fun facts and things they love about the podcast. One of them is and has been the 73 questions that we do. But of course, because we have had this conversation up to this point, we're going to condense that. But we are going to do fun facts, 20 questions. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Do you prefer coffee or tea? Both, but I'm going to say coffee. Milk chocolate or dark? Milk chocolate. Your favorite holiday? Definitely Christmas. Shoes or purses? Shoes. Easy. (laughs) Sunrise or sunset? Okay, no question on that. It's sunset. I do not like to get up early. (laughs) I would not have thought that about you. (laughs) Really? No. Mm -mm. I love it. Your favorite season? 
Um, it's uh, 110%. It's the fall. Your favorite flavor of ice cream? Um, Baskin Robbins chocolate chip. What is something you notice about someone when you first meet them? Um, their smile or lack of smiling. <laughs> Cats <laughs> or dogs? The hard one, um, both, but I'm going to say dogs, not to insult the two pups that I have. <laughs> what is your biggest pet peeve? I am so impatient. So I will say anything that like drags on too long or um, anything that feels like a waste of time would be a pet peeve. Your favorite board game? Pretty old school here, um, either Life or Clue. Your first job? Um, I worked at Opryland USA theme park in Nashville when I was in high school. I loved it. It was a great job. That's great amazing. First job. Do you like surprises? Not really, no. Mm -hmm. What is one song you know all the words to? Okay, I think I'm gonna go Disney here, like Be Our Guest or Party Your World from those all-time classics. I have watched them a hundred times with my kids or more. And, you know, it's the, the equivalent of the modern day, let it go that moms of today have. Know every word to. <laughs> do you like your handwriting? I do not, sadly. Now that we are in the last year of this biennium and all roads lead to convention, where was your first AOPI convention? Um, it was in 1989 at Tarpon Springs, Florida. I was a volunteer. I didn't get to go to convention as a collegian because I served as a chapter president in an off convention year. So um, this was my first, 89. It was really memorable and a wonderful experience. What is one thing you cannot travel without? Um, I'm going to say humorously, Socks. <laughs> I don't like walking around on hotel floors barefoot. <laughs> I do not disagree with this. Window or aisle seat? Um, I am definitely the aisle seat person. I'd rather sit in the middle seat than the window. Your favorite of our brand colors? Well, personally, I love them all, and I'm not exaggerating, um, but... These days, I am really enjoying everything that is pink, so I'm going to go with the pink. And last but not least, what is your favorite convention tradition? Okay, that's another hard question. There are so many, but um, it might be strange, but I really love the opening banquet tradition of putting stickers on your name tag that recognize the, all the number of conventions that everyone has attended and doing that stand-up roll call to salute the person who's attended the most. I'm up to 16 conventions now, which does not even come close to rivaling like Peg Crawford or John McCallum's numbers. <laughs> But watching that and experiencing that tradition always makes me smile. I just love everything about it. 100%. Mary Ellen, thank you, thank you, thank you for taking time to talk with me today. And as always, for everyone out there listening, thank you. Until next time, stay safe and be well. Mm -hmm.